0: Are we ready? Do you feel good? I, I don't know. As good as I can ever feel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, considering. That's what everybody says now. Yeah. Considering. How well, are considering. you?
2: Well, considering. So many. So many. So many. Damn books.
0: Welcome to So Many Damn Books. I am Christopher. I'm Drew. And in the studio, in the damn library today, we have Francine Prose. Hi. Hi. Welcome, Francine Prose. Do
2: you want to give her an introduction, Drew? Sure. Um... You are a novelist, short story writer, essayist, and critic. You're the visiting professor of literature at Bard, the former president of the Penn American Center, um, and you're here today with us to talk about your latest novel, Mister Monkey.
0: Yes, just out, not not too long ago. Yeah, still in hardcover.
2: A delightful, bright orange hardcover. Yes. I know. Isn't the cover beautiful? Oh, I love so the cover. Good. I know.
1: Although I don't. Lately, people have been saying to me. The cover's tough. Really? Yeah, oh. the cover's too tough. I don't know why. I just think it's funny and kind of sweet, but people think that the monkey is aggressive. Oh, I, I don't see that. I don't. Yeah. I don't at all, but. Because, uh, I mean, it looks like he's like about to eyes. slip on the banana. He peel, is so about to like like slip off. Maybe on in the banana. eyes.
0: Yeah. He looks a little angry in the eyes. Yeah. Well, uh, in the Halo. Yeah. Well,. Why don't I talk to you guys about the drink that we're drinking?
2: Uh, Speaking of monkeys.
0: This is based straight off of uh, a song in the musical in the book. Mr. Monkey uh, is a a children's musical. uh, and, And one of the songs is called The Monkey Tango. And so uh, I decided to run with that. Um, and so this is a bourbon-based drink drink with just a t- couple teaspoons of uh, banana bowls, which is a rum-based liqueur. Uh, and then uh, I've added a more good, that's the brand of simple syrup, roasted cacao. It's delicious.
2: Adds a nice little bite to it. And
0: then just a couple of splashes of cardamom bitters. and uh, Where ice. do you get these things? <laughs> oh... <laughs> Well, um, more good syrups. Those are that was up in Beacon, uh, uh-huh. up in Hudson Valley, and uh, the cardamom bitters. Uh, you know, I, I got those online, bought those on the on the internet.
1: He's a wizard. <laughs> I'm I'm on it.
0: Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's a it's a so different one.
1: Yeah, it's fun
0: though. I like it. I'm glad you like it.
1: Cocktails is they're just the greatest invention ever. Really, <laughs> it's just the highest point that civilization has reached as far as i'm concerned
0: well why don't we uh why don't we talk about the buying of books sure one of our favorite things to do in this world
2: yes second
0: only to reading them really I mean, sometimes more <laughs> yeah. i know but, sometimes i enjoy buying well sometimes books more than yeah reading it depends them. on the book yeah Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's true it's always enjoyable to buy a book it's not always enjoyable to read uh though. yes <laughs> yes
2: Uh, Drew,
0: do you wanna you wanna be the wanna be the beginner? Uh, sure.
2: I just picked up two paperbacks. Uh, one, my next book club book, we're reading James Baldwin's *Go Tell on the Mountain*. Oh,
0: uh, timely.
2: Yeah, and and seeing um, the film *I Am Not Your Negro*. Oh yes, uh, that's and a, I, it's a nice pairing. Awesome double bill. Mm-hmm. The world sometimes lines up in marvelous ways. Um, and then the other book is Kim Gordon's memoir girl in a band oh nice uh which i'm i remember reading the opening of it um about her playing the last sonic youth gig after she and thurston war had split uh and i was like oh so she can write a book too cool yeah, that's awesome yeah
0: yeah how about you uh oh yeah i'll go next uh i am i i finally purchased uh maggie nelson's the argonauts and uh oh you haven't gotten it have you read it yet i just bought it um i actually had read the first few pages at a friend's house and was actually sort of immediately like not hooked in the same way that i was for bluets and Mm. um and and art of cruelty uh
2: oh now it's your turn to tell us i've just ordered
1: three books on the same subject none of which I don't remember the titles, but I've gotten interested in um in Victorian spirit photography oh so yeah. cool. uh so I just ordered three you know progressively stranger books about <laughs> about you know uh, photographs where the dead appear in the photograph mm-hmm. so so that's what's on its way to my house
0: oh wow uh is this research for an upcoming project or know, are you just interested maybe
1: maybe i don't know i just it just snagged my attention somehow
0: let's uh let's talk about your fantastic book mr monkey yeah i gotta say i just i just fell in love with this book um from from the get-go
2: yeah me too Uh, it was a really it was a really fun uh moment to to just fall into it Mm -hmm. there are there are those we were talking about books that are slog to get through this is one that you sort of just fall through and then suddenly you're at the back cover and you're like what
1: (laughs) yeah well Um, thank you i mean because that's (laughs) a huge consideration for me i mean i like to think of myself as the person with the shortest attention span in the room so and those are the people i'm writing for oh
0: great Well, we appreciate it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. What? Um. I guess. What voice brought you into it? Like, what? Which? Which of the? Because you jump. I guess we should sort of say what it's about. Do you want to say what it's about?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it starts off. It begins with a children's, a really bad children's musical about a monkey, a larcenous pet monkey, and then, (laughs) um, and then it. And then it kind of takes off from there. I mean, it just sort of follows... I mean, I when I was writing it, I began to think of it as like, you know, a stone dropped in a body of water and there were all these concentric circles and they just got wider and wider. So, hmm. so the novel follows people. I mean, it, it starts with an actress who's in the play and the next chapter is a teenage kid who's in the play and then it goes on to a grandfather who's taken his grandson to see the play, then the grandson, then the grandson's teacher... And so and so when it just like, you know, goes out through New York and then circles back at the end, back mm-hmm. to the play. So, you know, I realize it's a very hard book to describe. I mean, it was <laughs> it was a fun book to write, but it's it, in a way it's much harder to describe it than it was to write it. Interesting.
0: But and so which of those voices was your way into this story?
1: Well, I didn't know. You know, the thing was, I didn't know. I mean, other writers have ideas about what they're going to do, but I didn't. I just didn't, I mean, I just started writing, Mar- well, I mean, the story, I've told the story before, so I'm going to do the briefest possible version. Uh, there's a true thing, there's several true things in the novel, but the truest thing is that I took my granddaughter, who was then about, I don't know, five maybe, to the to this off of a off, off Broadway play based on a children's classic novel, not Mr. Monkey, which I had to make up, <laughs> and... And it was heartbreaking. it was just heartbreaking because the budget was so low, and the costumes were falling apart, and the lighting person couldn't find the actors and blah blah and my granddaughter, super smart, thoughtful person, noticed as did I what a tragedy we were watching, <laughs> and also the fact that the actors never imagined that they were actors you know they could sing they could they never imagined they were going to wind up in this play so about three quarters of the way through, she said to me very I mean, she thought it was going to be a raucous moment in this raucous play. She said, Grandma, are you interested in this? And it was a silent moment, and everyone in theater heard it, including the actors. So I said, yes, very loud. What else was I going to say? And then then the rest of the book kind of proceeded from there. But uh, but the first chapter is written from the point of view of one of the actresses in the play, middle-aged, who had dreams for herself of not being in this play i mean she thought she was going to be playing checkoff and such etc and and when i saw the play not mr monkey the other play i was so over identified with that actress because <laughs> i saw you know it was like your worst nightmare basically you i could have been her i could have been some literary version of her uh and that's where it started but when i got to the end of that chapter i thought if i had to write a whole novel from her point of view i would just open a vein so and by then and by then I was in the grandfather's point of view who was actually me the grandmother and and so on and so So that's you know and, and in every case and at the end of every chapter I just kind of figured who who interested me from the chapter I just finished and who did it was you know in a way writing the book was kind of like following people down the street yeah I mean you know who did I want to follow from this previous chapter and uh and that's how it evolved.
0: Did you follow anyone that didn't end up panning out mm-hmm. or no? no. Oh, that's good. No. That's great.
1: Yeah. I mean some were harder than others, but nobody wound up in the complete garbage. It's
2: interesting to hear you say that this was based on a real experience because reading it as somebody who still works in the theater, but who I got my start as an actor. And when I moved to New York, I was doing Mr. Monkey esque shows. (laughs) Um, yeah. And it, I was sitting there and I was like, I recognize this backstage. It's not the theater you're talking about, but I, at the same time, I was like, I've, I've been there. I've played to these houses. I've sat in these houses when my friends are playing to these houses, and I'm trying to maintain interest. Let alone the children who are sitting next to me. Um, and I'm curious if you if you felt like you had to do any research, or if you were just like, I know this. Yeah,
1: I knew it. I don't know why, because uh, it was because it was my worst nightmare. Uh-huh. I mean, I've been to a lot of plays, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, I had to do certain kinds of research, but not the kinds you. Think I, I mean that is, in the chapter about the waiter Mario who goes to the you mm-hmm. know he's a theater fan, the, the thing I didn't know was um I mean I had to ask a friend of mine who's still a practicing Catholic, do people go to confession when they have nothing really to say? <laughs> I mean it just I didn't know, and she said oh yeah it happens all the time. So that was a sort of research, and then because you know once you start talking about monkeys it's inevitable that you get to evolution and Darwin and so forth. So I had, so I read a, quite a bit about primate behavior and Darwin and so forth and so on. so. So, that was, so that was research, but not, I, I you know, I have friends who are actors. I have friends who are playwrights. So I, and I've been, you know, I've been to the theater all my life. So I kind of felt I kn- knew about that, but not, not in that way. Yeah. Is it,
0: is it crazy for me that I, I did, I kind of, I didn't think that Mr. Monkey was necessarily a bad show. Like it's like I kind of thought, oh god i, I, I wanted I wanted to it's, see it, I wanted, wanted to see, see at least I wanted to see at least monkey Tango that number is sort of
2: there is something interesting about the idea of it being perhaps a redeemable show, yeah, it could be a good show it has been it, like it's been Xeroxed so many times that this inevitable re 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 remount is just you're like it's tired,
0: yeah, well, I mean, I was thinking of Ray as being sort of um. I guess, I guess I was sort of, th- Ray is the author of the book that the musical is based on. The children's classic.
1: Yes. And so <laughs> I was sort of
0: thinking of him as sort of like a P.L. Travers type of character where he just can't see even past that it's not his thing anymore. Sort of like P.L. Travers couldn't see Mary Poppins as divested from her work, which, I, you know, I understand. Wasn't um, she
1: a Buddhist? Well, I don't know. I think she was a big Buddhist. That's my oh, I that's think so. Cool. Um well, you know, I mean the the true thing in that part was that they made a uh a very good musical out of my second novel which came out the glorious ones which came out in 1974. So and and it was kind of great. I mean by the time they it was in Lincoln Center and by the time they made it, it was so long after I'd written the novel that I just had no memory of the novel so it was like seeing something completely new to me because I didn't know what they you know and at one point the, the woman who wrote the book Lynn Aaron said to me uh, she kept saying well you know I changed this little thing and blah 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 and I was going okay fine whatever and, and finally she said to me you have no idea what happened in this novel <laughs> and I, went, I went okay busted but <laughs> but, uh, but the true thing is that now every so often it, it just happened again I get a check for like and uh, you know, thirty-five dollars from some dinner theater that they're doing somewhere of this musical, and we do go out and spend it. You know, thirty-five dollars you can buy like a a cocktail in New York. <laughs> so, uh, so that part where Ray has a tradition where every time they make uh, a uh, a play out of Mr. Monkey, he spends the money on on dinner. That part is a, a kind of true part. Oh, I love that.
0: Uh, that's great. You know? when you get into Ray's chapter, um, I don't know. I, his, his reaction to heartbreak and, and, and his hope is also interesting. Like he, he's like fighting against those two things constantly. Um, and he has larger ambitions for himself still, but they're like being tamped down by his own spirit.
1: Well, you know, in a way, I, I don't mean to make the book sound like a, more of a downer than it is but but every character is in a sense like your worst nightmare i mean ray (laughs) Uh has written one book Mm -hmm. and he's and he sort of thought about another book that he wanted to write but he never wrote it and he wrote this book that turned out to be not even his book i mean it was by the time it got through the editors and the weird suggestions for what it should be it wasn't even the book he set out to write so every single character is facing some sort of I don't know, you know, heartbreak or some sort of way in which their plans for their lives or whatever have taken this turn that they wouldn't have wanted to take. But, you know, I mean, but that seems to me just like reportage in a certain way. But, you know, when, every so often I'll do the thing that no one is supposed to do, which is like go online and read the online reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible, <laughs> stupid idea. But, but the people who really hate the book are people who really hate that idea that your life might not turn out the way you want your life to turn out. I huh. mean, that's really repellent mm. to people. And yet, I don't know how you can be in the world and not think that that's a real possibility. I mean, yeah. how you can, you know, or I mean, it seems to me that many of these people have already had that happen and and pointing that out is the horror. But still, mm. it's it's more common than not
2: it makes there's a getting uh, really real i know it makes me think of this line that my dad ingrained into my head when i was a kid and i think it's maybe a slight bastardization of a quote from emerson but that the most men lead lives of quiet desperation right and And i think it's thoreau oh yeah maybe it is yeah yeah that would make more sense wouldn't it um but that idea that people react to this because they see that like that truth is a kind of hard one to deal with. If you are statistically, probably you are one of the, one of that mass of people
1: like the 99.99%. Yeah. And to to sort of
2: have to come to terms with that in something that I guess ostensibly is escapism, like a book that you've picked up, it's called Mr. Monkey. This is going to be fun. Two thirds of the way through it. You're like, I tried to write a novel once.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah yeah i used to want to act yeah i used to want to act i know i had i was going to be sonia and uncle Vanya and (laughs) blah blah i yeah i mean i think that's very hard for people but and maybe i don't know maybe it was easier for me to write because i in fact i'm about to knock on wood because i don't feel that way about my life but but it's so clear to me that that's you know, it's everybody, it's around the corner for everybody. It's such a clear possibility that mm. that, that just got into the book.
0: Yeah. There's so much real in this book. Um, and then there's sort of a turn towards surreality when um, the, the monkey spirit that um, the monkey is based on Mister Monkey is sort of all monkey beings in a lot of ways, uh, and so there's the, there's this chapter of, of the monkey speaking, which is very surreal and strange. And uh, I guess I guess my question is, uh, how did you work that so that it felt like a departure, but it still fit in the book? And uh,
1: I, it just came out of nowhere. <laughs> huh. it just, you know, I reached a point I went like because you know. I, I don't know. I was saying this the other the other day that it's so hard to talk about because when you're writing something, it's like you're having this big long dream, and then when you try and write talk about it, it's like trying to remember a dream or trying to talk about a dream. But it, but at that point, it just like appeared. I mean, the monkey god starting to talk appeared, and and also it appeared. So it was this kind of you know mystical thing that happened but on the practical level it solved a lot of problems for me like how i was going to get to the how i was going to give the reader some vision of what would happen to these characters in the future there was no way to do it and then once the monkey god started talking who knows i i could figure <laughs> out i knew how to do it because he could see everything and you know and also i mean i have pictures of well our house has pictures of I mean, wh- I'm wearing one around my neck yeah. of the monkey god, and so it was so Hanuman. So he was there. So I don't know. He wanted to be in the book, I suppose. <laughs>
0: <There>. <laughs> so were you Were you wearing this? You have uh, quite a charm necklace around mm-hmm. your neck. Uh, were you wearing that when you were? I'm right? never not wearing okay. it. Okay. Uh, do you want to? You want to talk a little bit about well, your I'll charm necklace? Well, talk about necklace? the skull. Yeah, uh, you have
1: skull. I have the skull, and it's I don't know what is it plastic or something. And I got it on the street in Puebla where my daughter-in-law comes from. And I mean, the thing I like about it, it's got an opposable jaw, articulated (laughs) jaw. So, you know, clack, clack, clack. Yeah.
0: It's like one inch by one inch, but it's a, it's a
1: skull. But, um, I had this thing that I wanted to say about it, which I've never, I had never been able to say, which was, I mean, this is, I went to my high school reunion, which was in Brooklyn. And, um, and, you know, I don't know, you guys are probably too young to have come, but but it had this kind of competitive, slightly weird thing that high school reunions have. So, and everyone there knew what I did. They knew who I was, but they didn't want to talk about it. And I didn't either. I was perfectly happy not to. <laughs> I wanted to hear what they had done and blah, blah, blah. And, but it went on and on. And so it was this sort of elephant in the room, like what I did, and, you know. So at some point, this woman who had, quite hostile, said to me, what's that thing around your neck? And I said the thing that I'd always wanted to say, which was that um, we used to have a pet ferret and, um, and under the Giuliani administration, as you guys probably know, it became illegal to have ferrets in New York City yeah. so that we had to have it euthanized. And I insisted on keeping the skull. Oh up. Now, you'd have to be really, really dumb to think that this was a ferret skull. <laughs> so, but there was this silence. This was at dinner by now. And then one of the women said to me, "You're ma- she's making that up. <laughs> and, and all this sort of weird... Resammon or competition that had been building over the course of an entire day just like blobbed out on the subject of this little skull around my neck, and I just let it kind of wash over me. and I said, Yeah, that's what I do for a living. So, um, <laughs> so that's that's the story of the skull.
0: Amazing, oh, that's so good. Amazing. Uh, let's take a break because I want another drink.
1: Oh, good idea. Yeah, books.
0: let's take a little bit of a tournament of books break what do you say
2: yeah well here we are. Yeah. we're in it. We're in it now.
0: We're in the middle of the tournament, and uh, last week was a lot of fun, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, it uh, it kicked off with a couple of surprises. I was probably the most surprised
0: at um at sudden death winning. That was a big surprise to me. I I kind of thought Sport of Kings was going to win, even though I haven't read it. I just uh, there was so much love for that book over the year. Yeah. Uh, um. And you know, I you know, I'm not. Uh, I'm not shy about saying that I didn't love Sudden Death.
2: Yeah. But uh now you got to su- talk about it for at least one more round.
0: I know. What uh what about you was there a big surprise for you?
2: I was t- I was pleasantly surprised that all the birds in the sky beat the vegetarian.
0: I know that ruins your
2: bracket, but you you know it's a well, spiritual win. Yeah, but my heart my heart is very happy about it.
0: So you you, you were thinking Booker Weighted was uh vegetarian was going to win.
2: Yeah, it you know um For all the reasons that a lot of people in the comments were uh, disparaging of all the birds in the sky, that it's genre, that it feels too light, too frothy, whatever. And all of the things that the judge was like, this is what I wanted. This is what I wanted. Right. Um, And that was how I felt too. If I I would have made the exact same judgment, although probably less eloquently uh, delivered.
0: See, the thing to me, the big surprise or what uh, the, the surprise I'm waiting for is the book that beats the Underground Railroad. Um, I don't know what that book will be. I think it yeah, won't be. I don't know that it happens, man. Uh, I, I don't think it'll. I don't think it will happen either uh, until the very end when Homegoing wins. We, uh, which is our my bet.
2: Yeah, we uh, we our annual bet um, this year. Uh,
0: the winner gets to choose
2: the next author for one of our backlist episodes. Right. Um, and we're betting about who's gonna win. Um. I'm betting the underground railroad
0: and I'm betting home going and we'll see.
2: We'll see. We will see.
0: Um, I, 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 I think that there's nothing to it, but to get back to the comments section, you know, let's, let's, uh, get back in there.
2: Yeah. As you're listening to this, we are probably there. Yeah, we probably are. So, uh, We'll be here every week. Um, we've got some fun guests coming up for the rest of the tournament. And we have
0: some fun things still going on Saturdays at noon. We did our first one um, a couple days ago and it was awesome. Uh, Saturdays at noon on the Tournament of Books Facebook page, we are doing weekly recaps.
2: It's like Sports Center, but for books. Book Center. Yes.
0: Uh, and I think that's it. Go buy our t shirts.
2: Yeah. And um, now back to the shoe.
0: Back to Francine Pros let's switch gears and um and go from the world of children's musicals to the world of uh i guess harrowing freshman college experiences with um (laughs) shirley jackson the hang's a man which you brought to us to read for our book club segment here um and you actually wrote the uh, foreword for this Penguin Classics edition. Um, did you get to choose this or did they come to you? No, they asked
1: me. They asked me.
0: That's really cool.
1: But you know, I t- so so this past semester in the fall, I teach at Bart and I taught this class called Strange Books. So, and that was the first book on the Strange Books list. But And I was sort of embarrassed because I'd written the introduction so I had to tell them like, I don't get royalties so I'm <laughs> asking this is like a money-making thing for me. But But... It made me go back and read the introduction, which I have to say, and this is just not false modesty, it seemed like woefully inadequate because the book is so great. And I kind of said that, but I didn't really say it enough, it seemed to me. And there were things about the book that I just didn't, I I don't know, that that were so nervy and weird and strange and intense that I just didn't get to in a way. Yeah. So
2: I really loved the fact that you you talk about a thing that we both talk about on the show quite frequently. But it's part of the reason that we love having authors bring a book to us. That thing of just like I discovered this book and I can't believe it took me this long
1: to discover. Well, I've never honestly I mean, the lottery I read when I was in high school. Or junior high school, and it was like a great thing to read when you were in junior high school. But now it's a book, and and the Shirley Jackson novels that everybody reads, they're fine. I don't like them as much as I like Hangs a Man. I mm. mean, we've always lived in the castle. It's fine, but Hangs a Man it really just blows the rest of them out of the water. Well, as far I, as I'm concerned,
0: I'm embarrassed to admit. Well, I'm not embarrassed at all, actually. Don't. Be I'm kidding. just. Uh, I'll just admit it. That I just. This is my very first um, Shirley Jackson experience. Hangs a man, and it is. It's it's obvious why just from this, which is uh, not mentioned like the other ones, not mentioned like the lottery or we have always lived in the castle. It really isn't. Um, but it's, it, it, it's its own wonderful thing. Uh, yeah, It's very strange, strange. I, I'm curious about this class that you were teaching. What else is on that list? I mean, you mentioned it a little bit in the foreword. Uh, actually, yeah, like, I mean, well,
1: no, but that was another, str- this is the second time I've taught strange books. So it had a, it had a different strange books reading list. So, what was on this list? We did. We started with, with Hangs a Man, and then we read, oh, High Wind in Jamaica. We read mm. um, uh, Jakob van Gunten, Robert Walser. We read uh, Thomas Bernhardt's Woodcutters. Mm. We read um, Two Serious Ladies, of course. We read.
0: What about reading these books with each other? What do you what what emerges when you read oh, it's strange, great. strange Strange? I mean, it
1: was so it was super great because because after a certain point the books really started talking to one another and my mm. students got it and they were saying, Oh well, this is sort of like the thing that happens in Hangs a Man or the thing that happens in and and so they really kind of understood the larger we read Hans Christian Andersen, we read and when we read Michael Cunningham's uh, Wild Swan and, mm. and Hans Christian Andersen, so
2: Oh, that's a cool pairing. That's a cool it was pairing. a cool pairing.
1: And uh and they really got I mean, my students were wonderful, but they totally got it.
2: It's cool to think um uh, as I was reading it, I really I try to avoid reading forwards of books that I've never read that are republished. Um and then the minute I finished, I went back and read, and I started thinking about the three movements of the novel, like three movements of a symphony, where one is adagio and one is legato, and like there is a different movement mm-hmm. where the first one does feel like um, like the Patrick Melrose novels, like that sort mm. of higher class thing, and then and the
0: awful yeah. father, yeah, the, yeah. The, and the, and just the, the breakfast father. scene of the, uh, or, or when they're when they're all eating together, and and they're just waiting for him to hold forth. Um, oh,
1: and the, and the father is so brutal to the mother, uh, and it's all so, so civilized awful. at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's,
0: it's just civilized awfulness, which actually made me think of um, Patricia Highsmith, uh, yeah. because there was a little bit of that, like, um, I don't know, sort of like a manners novel. Um, mm-hmm. You you say this in your um, in your foreword that it's almost satirical the way that they sh- she writes about family and college, um, but that the word satiric doesn't quite cover the deeper emotion. Right. And, right. and I'm curious what you mean by that, but that the satire, not, not necessarily able to engender emotion. I, I kind of agree with you. I but. hate
1: the word satire. And also mm. I hate it when anyone c- refers to my novels as satirical. It just makes me sick. Huh. I mean, because it's, but it, because it's, because it, it presumes a kind of judgment. Mm-hmm. You know, that is the satirical writer is above it all and making fun of the thing that the writer's making fun of, whatever. And I don't think of myself that way, and I don't think this Shirley Jackson novel is like that. Or, you know, many of the writers, that, I mean, it's different if you're Jonathan Swift and you're writing A Modest Proposal. That's satire, but, but no one says, oh, there's supposed to be a kind of heart in it that's not there. Mm. I mean, it's not fiction. But 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 I'm I know I remember reading the um, journals of Don Powell and she was extremely upset when anyone referred to her novels as satirical, hmm. and I I feel the same way.
0: Hmm. We've sort of obliquely mentioned this already, but Man is about a a, a a young woman Natalie Wait, who uh, is about to go off to college, and we see her in the B right before she leaves for college, and then while she's there, uh, and. And the things that happen along the way. This I is mean,
2: another one of those books that defies synopsis in a yeah, way. Because when you say it's a terrible. young girl going off to college, <laughs> it's the late forties, yeah. you're like, Oh, I think I know what that book you looks don't. like. You don't. And from almost the first page, I i it's very rare that I've felt so destabilized by a novel.
0: Well, I think it's the um it's there's there's this voice, the detective that she's sort of talking yeah, to. Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, oh, she's
1: got this. I mean, there's this internal monologue that's going on at the same time as this weird external situation, and so she's talking to the detective who's investigating some murder, whatever. But it's all in her head, and 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 that, you know, the the interface between what's in her head and what's in reality is so porous mm-hmm. uh, that it just and it powers all the way through the book, and it's and and Shirley Jackson kind of doesn't bother making you figure out exactly where the border is or drawing that border very clearly.
0: Oh, she keeps even blurring it. She keeps questioning it. Did I say that out loud or is that something I just thought? Exactly. Did that actually happen
2: or did I just think it happened? And then, I mean, she gets even, she takes it even one step further, very near the end of the book. There's a single moment. I think it's the only moment in the book where the narrator speaks. I, it's Shirley jackson suddenly right. seeing these characters and it's a sentence and i remember reading that and just thinking like what the hell is happening in this book what <laughs> what have i been reading right. now because it, yeah, it yeah. makes you reconsider everything
1: mm. yeah no i love when that happens and also i mean it's another one of those books where you go like oh i didn't know you could do that <laughs>
2: I'm curious thinking about the other Shirley Jackson that I have read. Cause I've read several of the short stories, including the lottery, but we have always lived in the castle and the haunting of Hill house. Um, I try to read spooky books every October. And those are two of the, like I keep those keep coming through my list. Cause they are so effective at how they, they just unnerve you. Mm-hmm. This book operates on a different level. And I'm curious for both of you, what was it that unnerved you the most about this book?
1: Well, the second half of the book, or, the, or maybe the third third of the book, where you really can't figure out whether her friend... I mean, she starts coming unglued more mm-hmm. and more and more as the book progresses, and you can't figure out, and you keep trying to sort of grasp whether her friend Tony is an, a figment of her imagination or a real person. That's hugely unnerving. And also, you know, just as a writer, I'm thinking, I can't believe you can get away with that. <laughs> you know, having a character who, I mean, there's enough evidence that Tony is not re- Tony's not real. Mm. I mean, there's yeah. Tony's not real, but but unless you read re- really carefully, I mean, also another reason why I love to teach that book, and and it works its way through other subjects. I mean, I taught a class on consciousness, and I did. it is that it's something you have to read really careful.ly Because if you don't you can miss certain things and just not get it at all. Totally. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, this definitely calls for close reading. Oh, you for sure. You yeah. don't. You can't skim down the page right. on this. For me, there was that party that she went to, where she's it's they're bringing the freshmen up and they say like tell a dirty joke, uh, up on the stool and everyone's looking at them, and I think that that was the moment when I when, her reaction to that and and her like wanting to escape and that was when. I I think I, it was very close to home to me of just like being like hmm. being in a spotlight and, and that that consciousness of wanting the spotlight but also not wanting to be there um that I think that that was when I was like uh-oh Shirley Jackson is getting at something here that's like <laughs> way too way She's too She's getting it
1: a lot. She's yeah. getting a lot. and also I mean and it's so under the surface, and you so have to look for. But but the way in which class works in that novel, because you know she goes to yeah. college, and there are all these rich girls who have this incredibly privileged Barbie doll life, and she has to deal with that, and she's never had any experience of that before, and so she comes from this, you know, intellectual family with a father who who you know, which has a certain cachet with her teachers, but the rich girls have another kind of cachet. So it's, it's, it's very complicated. It is complicated. This is a
0: complicated novel. I don't think this first time through the, it's, it's only, it's very short for how, how much gets done. I yeah. know. Uh, you
1: remember uh, it as being much longer than it has. Yeah, you I sit know. down with it. Yeah, <laughs>
0: looking back at it, it's just like this, this is a thin thing for, for how much ground it covers. But uh, you can't just read this once.
2: Yeah, and it it's very rare that I reread anything, as we've said several times. There's so many damn books. Uh, um, but I'm I'm actively looking forward to coming back to this at some point. Not immediately, maybe not even in the next year or two, but like there's going to be a reread where I'm already excited about it. Yeah, Yeah. it's
0: going to snap into place, I think.
1: I've taught it like three times now. And every time, I mean, that's partly why I love teaching it is I see things that I haven't seen. Also, Natalie Waite. I mean, it took one of my students to say, oh, like, did you not notice that Waite is the name of the tarot deck? You know, the Arthur Waite tarot deck. And I would like, no, right? I mean
0: or just uh or just you know the the name natalie wait like she needs (laughs) to just take a pause down
1: oh man right
0: (laughs) well with um with that i mean i think we should just move straight over into recommendations um and yeah oh yeah how do we feel yeah Yeah, we feel good about that sure
1: Okay, so, uh, books, We book. start. The Mavis-Gallon Collected Short Stories, the greatest book ever. Okay. Ooh. And I just read her first novel that I loved, which was also, I was thinking, uh, you know, when we were talking about the book club part of this, I thought, well, I should do this because the writer's alive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the dead don't need our help quite so much. <laughs> but, uh, but a book called... Uh, Ways to Disappear by Idranovi. Oh yes, yes. The, the, really? About Has the translator. Yes. Yeah. You know this book? Mm-hmm. I just somebody suggested it to me. I just loved it. Oh. I just I couldn't believe it was her first novel. It was so good. She was
2: uh, Clarice Lispector's translator. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, and it's it's about a translator. So yeah, there's it's about a, little, a translator. There's a little bit there. Cool. And also, a
1: friend recommended it to me, and and I looked online, and I had the title wrong. I thought it was how to disappear, and it turns out you can get all these manuals online on how to disappear. Oh yeah! Like you know <laughs> how to wipe your records clean and just you know. And I thought, well, that's sort of interesting. And then, and then I read her novel, which is just beautiful. Okay, so I'll think of more, but films. Sure, sure. To- Tony Erdmann. everyone's. Oh. Oh, get out of here! You guys Sorry. haven't seen Tony Erdmann?
2: Both of us, but Christopher and I are both going. Sure. Uh? Yeah. What is
1: it? It's the best movie I've seen in I don't know, could be ever. I mean, it's a it's this almost 3-hour long German comedy Oxmoron. And it was uh <laughs> it was the, I mean, if if I mean, I was really glad that Farhadi won the Oscar for foreign. I mean, he had to, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but this was the one that should have won mm. because it was better than Salesman. I mean, I've seen them both. Uh it's an incredible film. It's it's um, Tony
0: Erdmann is the n-
1: The name of the alter ego. It's about a father and daughter in a German father and daughter and the father is this kind of boho 60ish guy who's addicted to practical jokes and his daughter is this <laughs> um
2: sounds like Christopher at 60. <laughs> but this Sorry. daughter is this what? kind
1: of buttoned up corporate uh striver who's working in uh Romania. And and the father sort of takes it on his mission to l- loosen her up or make her more of a human being. It's incredible! I can't believe. I mean, it's 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 the best. I mm. mean, it's just the best. I saw it at the film festival, and then um, uh, that I was determined that Howie, my husband here, should see it again. So I saw. It tw- I've seen it twice now, and it was like. Well, he said it was like a gift uh, mm-hmm. to take him to see it. I just. It's the best. It's mm. just the best. Cool. Um, wow. TV shows? Sure. Yeah. Rectify?
0: Oh, yeah. Ooh, yes. I've heard it's fantastic. It's
1: really, really great. And really, I mean, it, you know, it's one of those series that you have to kind of stick with it for maybe two or three episodes mm-hmm. to get into the rhythm of it. Because I, I was bounced out of it several times. And then I just went, okay, I'm going to stay with it. It's fantastic. You know, guy who's sent to jail for death row for 30 years for a crime that he may or may not have committed. But, in the South, but the characterizations and I don't know what the originality of it's really, really beautiful, mm. so um there's that then uh music, yeah. sure uh Lee fields, the new Lee fields uh Ooh, record, which which okay, our son produced is really beautiful <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's very moving um. What other areas of recommendations are there?
0: I mean, you've you've hit a lot of them: book, movies, book, movies, music, TV, television, music, um, uh, experiences. Um, <laughs> what eat, would that even be? You know, eat a eat a
2: certain ice cream cone at a certain <laughs> corner. Considering the thematic nature of Mr. Monkey, theater.
1: Well, Wallace Shawn's new play, Evening at the Talk House, is really great. We're about to see it for the second time. Um, I wish I went to the theater more. Yeah. But, I, but the I thing think, is... I think me you too, say that friend. forever. Everyone... But it's so expensive. Yes. yes. It's such a commitment. That, you know, I don't know. There should be like a couple of times a week where tickets are $25 and you can actually afford to go. Yes. I went on
2: a huge internet rant about this recently. Oh, really? that rant. Where I just... Because, I mean, in London, you can go to very good theater every night and still afford to live whatever kind of life you'd like, right. regardless of how much money right. you make. Here, that is not the case.
1: Oh, it's impossible. I mean, the reason we wound up at the play that Mr. Monkey is based on was because I'd taken my granddaughter to see The Lion King, horrible, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Matilda, kind of great, um, Wicked. We'd left it intermission. But, you know, and I said to her, finally, I can't, you know, I'm going to have to take a second mortgage on the house to take you to Broadway anymore. Yeah. So we're going to have to go to to uh, plays that are under $20 for tickets. Wow! So that's how we wound up. At- that's
2: where some of the best stuff's being done, at least. There's that.
0: I, I don't even think I need to recommend anything to you. I mean, I think we've got a huge list of things to get, go after.
1: Yeah. I can, I can forgo
2: recommending something, because now I just want to go dive into all of these things. Oh, yeah. just
1: see Tony Erdman. I mean, seriously. Just like as soon as you possibly. It's at the Film Forum now. As soon as you possibly can. It's really, it's life-changing. It's cool. really wow. life-changing.
0: Wow.
2: That's a hell of a recommendation.
1: Yeah, yeah seriously. It's,
0: that's a hell of a recommendation.
1: <laughs> right?
0: Uh, um. Wow. Well, I think that that's uh that's as good a place as any to to leave everyone. Yeah. And um, thank you so much for joining us again in the damn library. Yeah, Francine, <laughs> this has been awesome. Thank you. It was yeah. super fun. I'm thank so glad you, you joined, and uh and everyone out there, please, uh we will be back next week. Yeah. Uh, we are. It's we tournament are, time. It's tournament time, and so uh definitely, you know, regardless of how it actually fares in the tournament. Please read, Mr. Monkey. Oh it's an yes, incredible novel, and it's uh, it was a joy to read.
1: Thank you. Woo! <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm gonna try it all again. Okay. Um,
1: no, <laughs> stop
0: it. I'm <laughs> better than that. <laughs> Shirley Jackson. Yes. Not any other name. Impression that you draw to make it good.